0: it it's got the code. It's
1: going to launch. It's a unique system. I know this. It's all the files of the It tells
0: you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package being delivered. Hello, out there on the internet. I am Matthew Galt. This is Cyber. The image is now iconic. An Arctic wolf fursona in a Starbucks smock stance set wide, a sign in his hand held high that says, Union Yes. That was Michael Vestigo dressed in his fursona as Apollo, a former Starbucks employee in Overland Park, Kansas. Why former? Well, the company fired him for, quote, displaying violent and threatening behavior after he participated in a walkout of his location as part of a unionization effort. Best goes fighting to get his job back, and he's not the only person Starbucks has retaliated against for trying to form a union. As Apollo, he's become a symbol of a movement that is sweeping the country, and he is here with us today to answer your burning questions about unions and Starbucks, alongside Motherboard's senior editor who tracked him down, Samantha Cole. Thank you both so much for joining us on Cyber Today. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you for being here. It's so good to see you. In person, we, we talked yeah. on the phone, day, but it's good to see you like in a video um,
2: outside the fursuit,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, because a lot of the images that are out there are just you in the fursuit. Like I told mm-hmm. you when we talked, I was like, We found Michael through, we were looking, we cover Starbucks unionization efforts a lot. Mm-hmm. In other book, um, and we were looking at Getty images for just like, I don't even, I'm not even sure it was. Jason, our editor-in-chief, was looking at Getty and just found, like, these pictures. And there's someone just casually at a rally in a fursuit, like, with a microphone in his hand. And we were like, how has no one tried to find this person? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we we kind of tracked you down through the network of, like, unionization Starbucks people, which has been Really cool to get to know you and to kind of plug into that movement more. Um, So yeah, how has this like week been for you? I know it's been like a little bit of a whirlwind online since the story came out.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, it's been like an absolute like roller coaster for me Um, because I've always just kind of uh, lived life in the shadows a bit. I'm typically a uh an anxious person so i don't like to be in the spotlight a whole lot a whole bunch uh normally um yeah. but this has been honestly one of the best experiences of my life um from you know the strike at our Overland Park store to flying out to Seattle to participate in this unionization effort In Starbucks's hometown, Um, it's been more than I could ever imagined. Um, It eternally grateful.
1: Yeah, it's been really cool to see kind of the response to this online. People are making like I think I texted you like it was last night, and then before people were making um, Hmm. fan art of you and the pictures from that article, which is so fun.
2: I mean, (laughs) that that was like one of the coolest moments for me personally, Um, Uh, just because I know for artists uh, like art can take a long time. And, you know, uh, people put a lot of effort into it and a lot of time, a lot of practice and to take time out of their day to draw something for me that a person that they don't know is mind boggling um
1: yeah yeah and i saw one it was like an elden ring boss with you with your like health bar at the bottom <laughs> people are really creative um but it's i want to talk about the, the seattle rally in a second and where that image like stems from um but just to kind of backtrack a little bit and give people like the background mm-hmm. of what's going on here um do you want to kind of walk us through like what happened just kind of briefly like with the Overland Park store? Like they, they fired you April 1st for like a crazy reason. Yeah. Um, and I just want to give us like the, the too long didn't read and then people will hopefully. Go mm-hmm. read.
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, we started this whole unionization thing back in January and we tried to keep it on the down low. It doesn't ever keep, Stay on the download, basically. Um, So our managers did find out eventually, and um, they began holding partner development conversations, which were probably the most unprofessional partner development conversations I've ever had in my entire life. Um, We didn't talk about developing at all. It was basically just a conversation with them. Um, I tried bringing up that I wanted to promote and, you know, they asked me like one or two questions and then they were like, okay, we'll get back to that later. And during that meeting that they tried, uh, giving us false information about the unions and everything and trying to like scare us away from unionizing. Um, so that was like the first big thing, um, we were all kind of hopeful because the store manager trainer, Drake, uh, had been the store manager at our store in the past. And the previous team there loved him. Like they couldn't say enough good things about him. Um, and so we were all really hopeful that he'd remain neutral, like he's supposed to be. And, uh, Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, so we presented our unionization letter to Starbucks, um, and then some larger union busting things happened. They're trying to tell us that we'll lose benefits, we'll lose the wage increase that was supposed to come to us in the summer, um, stuff like that. They tried pushing people out of the company by scaring them. Um, And so we presented them with a a petition um, that was basically saying, we want you to recognize our efforts to unionize because we are tired of being retaliated against. And they denied pretty much everything that was brought against them. And uh, when the petition was handed to them, uh, Drake told us to shred it, basically. Uh, super disrespectful, really not cool. Um, And then, like, one of the big things that ultimately led to our walkout strike was that they accused one of us of stealing $20,000 over the course of, like, Eight months. Um, and it was a person we all know would never do something like that. Um in fact, she had only been with the store for about eight months at that point. She, so she would have, have had to have been stealing money the moment she came on like onto the team. Um so when she came back and she told us that, we were like, Mm-mm, this is this is it. Like, we have to do something about this because it's it's unacceptable. Um. So that's what led to the first strike.
0: Can you can you explain like what their justification? Like, what was the method by which this person supposedly stole twenty thousand?
2: They don't even they don't even know. And since then, they have backpedaled on that. Um, and said. They basically said they made a mistake and um, that it didn't actually happen, Um, which we knew from the start, because if it's been happening for eight months and it it got to $20,000, why didn't we hear about it any earlier?
0: Right. I mean, that seems like it would have been I just it's just curious as someone who used to be a retail loss prevention person who would mm-hmm. be the person that was in charge of like tracking down that twenty thousand dollars I would have noticed it way before it had become twenty thousand dollars
2: exactly doesn't felony theft start at like five thousand
0: yeah it'll be yes <laughs> yeah exactly. so
2: like, yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't make any sense so we were like absolutely not we're, we're doing something about this right now yeah
1: and that's when um, you guys started to strike. You were like, okay, it's time to, to
2: yeah. act here. That, that was the day we fully committed to, like, actually plan a strike, which then happened, like, a week and a day later.
1: Yeah. And you attended that strike in your first suit too. That was, I
2: did. Um, that was like
1: smaller, a much smaller event. Um, yes,
2: and I live literally only a minute down the road from the 75th and thirty five location. Yeah. So it's not like it was, like... Um, a big trek for me either. Yeah, yeah, I could keep tabs on it the entire time. Uh, all that, uh, all that stuff regarding uh, like protecting it. But
0: yeah. y'all, I've got a, I've got a question from chat. It's somebody from outside the U.S. Um, I don't know, really understand what this Union Drive is. I just saw all the retweets from Twitter, um, and we explained a little bit in chat, and we're so we need kind of like for someone that's outside of the U S that may not understand, like what is going on here with Starbucks and with a lot of other companies in the country right Mm -hmm. now? So
2: in the U S, uh, an unfortunate majority of companies, uh, like majorly just mistreat their employees. Uh, they take advantage of us. Um, they don't pay us enough to really kind of survive um on our own and with my store in particular we were literally two like metal shipping containers like put together in a t-shape uh so we had a lot of safety concerns because we didn't have like any storage space um so a lot of the time we would have like excess product stacked up uh in cardboard boxes in the back and they would collapse on each other uh they would block the bathroom door uh we'd have to use the bathroom to store extra boxes in as well um and we didn't really have like a dedicated space for employees to take breaks either there was a desk in the back, um, but it was the manager's desk. And it, if they were sitting there, we were screwed. We'd often have to go out into our cars when it was in the negative temperatures during the winter. And when it's 95 degrees out in the summer, uh, super uncomfortable, uh, obviously. Um, and also we have just like a tiny parking lot. So we didn't have enough spaces for employees to park. And so oftentimes we would just park where we could. And then we would have to play car Jenga to get a single person out of the, out of the parking lot. And on more than one occasion, uh, this resulted in people hitting other partners, cars I remember a time where a headlight was shattered. Uh, my own car got backed into and it, it happened with the customers as well. The customers would uh sometimes accidentally hit us just because our parking lot was so tiny. Um, so we decided to unionize because we had tried bringing this up to them and they were basically ignoring us Um and what the union will do for us is that they will bargain with Starbucks on our behalf because they are already not listening to us um, to get us uh, better pay, better working conditions, um, and you know everything like that. And you know, since we have like started this unionization process, Starbucks is trying. To listen to us, even though it's just a thinly veiled uh, attempt to get us to back down. Uh, so they did give us like an extra pod to, uh, so that we could like store extra product in there. And they have since changed the layout of the parking lot a little bit, um, stuff like that. Uh, but you know, we still need better pay better treatment from the district manager uh, who was basically uh, like playing mental warfare on our old store manager and us as well. It's awful.
1: Yeah. I mean, these are things that like the company is not going to do of their own volition because it's Mm -hmm. driving a bottom line. um, And the people are not part of that equation. Um, It's something like, I think it's, um, something like 150 stores have been petitioning so far for union recognition. I'm not sure how many Hmm. of those actually, um, I think it's like 60 or 70. have actually gotten, actually,
2: I believe the number is in the thirties right now.
1: Okay. That have actually like gotten recognition. That may, that sounds more right. (laughs) I,
2: I don't know. Uh, I know that it was, uh, around 30, um, that have, like actually voted to unionize. Right,
1: yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's just it's a huge movement across the entire country of Starbucks stores and also just like service jobs in general and mm-hmm. you know, the media. So it's a huge union boom. Um. So yeah, it's a, it's something that's much needed because conditions are not getting better on their own because mm-hmm. companies will not protect workers from exactly. The heart. <laughs> and, uh, they have to be forced to through organization and organization. Um, and
2: I like to point out that w- we left Starbucks to do their own thing. And they yes. had one of their most profitable years to date last year in 2021. I think also in 2020. And they responded to that by cutting employee hours and raising the price of their products. So oh. people are getting charged more for their products and they're paying their employees
1: less yeah, yeah it's it's um very blatant the way that they're operating um mm-hmm. all to drive profits um yeah so do you want to kind of um walk us through what happened with your firing and then like what kind of led mm-hmm. up to you going to seattle yeah. shortly after that? yes the Firing so, story is also very crazy the story not the that, but yeah
2: <laughs> that's all right uh, the story of our, one of our partners getting accused of stealing $20,000 is where it all started. Uh, because that happened around March 11th. Um, and then we had our strike on the 19th. So we had the, the incident, then the strike a week later, and then two weeks later, I was fired. Um. And I went into work on April 1st at one o'clock. I spent about 30 minutes doing my uh, usual tasks and stuff like that. And the manager, the store manager and the manager trainer, Drake, um, pulled me to the back of the store and basically set a piece of paper down. On the, the manager's desk um, and told me to read it. And it was a notice of separation. Um, and I had been completely blindsided about it because they didn't talk to me at all. And the piece of paper basically said that on March 11th, the day that they accused someone of stealing $20,000. I was witnessed behaving in a aggressive, in an aggressive, and violent manner towards our district manager, who I actually hadn't seen in months. So they set the piece of paper down on the table, told me to read it, and when I tried to say that you know I didn't do this because it's not the kind of person that I am, they said, uh, "We're not having a discussion about this. You can." collect your things and go. And I was like are you are you serious? Like I don't even even like, have a chance to defend myself and it just wasn't the case. So the entire interaction lasted maybe 3 to 5 minutes and uh I left.
1: Yeah, you seem like such a violent person,
2: honestly. Oh, totally. Me, so right? violent. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's a really it's obviously bullshit. I'm just gonna say that, mm-hmm. um, but you know, Starbucks has this huge history of union busting, grayblade and union busting throughout mm-hmm. all of its stores. So this is um, not at all surprising on their part, unfortunately. Um, and we're gonna talk a little bit about the what the National Labor Review Board had to say about it um, in a minute. But so that happened, and then. Um, how did it come about that you ended up in Seattle? You were invited there, right? Like there was a...
2: Yes. A big so out there. there was a worker out in Seattle and I'm going to pull up her name really quick. Um, I believe her name was Sarah. Give me one second. Yes, her name was Sarah. Um, she posted on Twitter that Kajama Swant uh councilwoman for seattle uh district three in seattle um wanted to invite uh people like me uh, like baristas that have been retaliated uh, against and fired out to seattle to take part in this couple day like union campaign um and i didn't see the tweet myself but my friend Olivia claypool who had also been fired from the store. Uh, She was fired over a sunburn, by the way. Um, She messaged me and she was like, I have been in contact with this person and they want to fly us out to Seattle. Like, do you want to go? And I was like, I don't really have a lot of money. I'm not working right now. And she was like, "Uh, Shama Sawant, was going to pay for airfare, pay for Airbnb, and even most of our meals. Um, and I was like, you know, if that's the case, like, absolutely. It's like once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, So I took it. I, I, mean,
0: I, I hate to interrupt, but chat really needs to know, and I do too. What's the story with getting fired over a sunburn?
2: Right. Okay. So ever since COVID happened, uh, Starbucks implemented a, a like a log that you have to like check into to make sure you're not sick. Um, and uh, for this log, you have to make sure that your, your body temperature is not over a hundred point four degrees. If it's over that, you have to go home um and after our strike on the 19th uh Lydia had gotten a sunburn on her face um which is i'm pretty sure it's not akin to a fever because i think sunburn is like the surface temperature of your skin um and so she came in and she took her temperature. Of course, it said, I think her temperature was like 100.4 or 100.5. She knew it was just because of the sun, sunburn, because it was um, like a laser thermometer. Um, But regardless, she tried to contact the store manager and try to get somebody to come, come in because she knew that she couldn't uh, stay in the store technically um and the store manager was not able to be reached uh, and so she ended up staying in the store for like an hour and a half until someone was like finally able to come in and like relieve her um And then you know she left. While they fired her for staying in the store uh, with an elevated temperature uh, for an hour and a half, uh, even though she knew it was just a sunburn, and she tried to get help from the store manager, who ignored her. Um, and it was kind of a lose-lose situation for her because. Had she stayed in the store like she did, she would have gotten fired. But had she left, uh, there was only one other person in the store, and that's not allowed. There has to be at least two people in the store at all times. She would have gotten fired for that, too. So it was more just blatant union busting on their part.
1: Yeah. Very fucked.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it just... I worked retail for a long time and it doesn't shock me. Like this sounds about, mm-hmm. this sounds about right. This is, this is how I was treated to this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I um,
2: mean, I wish I could say this is the most outlandish story that I've heard about Starbucks firings. firings. Um, but it's frankly, it's not uh, because when I went to Seattle, I, I met a couple members of the Memphis seven Uh, Beto and Lakota. And for those of you who don't know what the Memphis Seven is, uh, the Memphis Seven is a group of seven baristas, both baristas and shift supervisors, um, who were fired in a single day at a Starbucks in Memphis, 15 minutes apart from each other. And, um, I believe uh, The NLRB just um, leveraged those uh, accusations of unfair labor practices against Starbucks recently. I was very excited to hear that. So those seven will probably be getting their jobs back soon.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Um, hard, hard fought, but really Mm -hmm. good. Um, good news. Um, yeah. So I guess, um, we should talk about what people want to hear probably, which is about the, the rally and like Mm -hmm. leading up to, um, choosing to speak Mm -hmm. as your persona Apollo, which, um, you had told me it was like a huge confidence boost, but also at the same time you were like, do I do it? Do I not? Like, is this right. gonna be Like, is it, are people going to hate it? Are people going to love it? Like what's going to be mm. the vibe? Um, so yeah, tell me a little bit about like the decision process and why you finally decided to fly all the way to Seattle. First of all, with a fursuit, which is complicated. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then also, and nerve wracking. So those things are not cheap. Uh-huh. And then also, um, to show up at the rally with it, which is, you know, it's a big, big move.
2: Right. Uh, from the beginning, I, like, really wanted to. Because in my in my head, I was like, well, I wore it at the strike. I should really stick to my guns and do it here, too, right? Um, and it just felt like the thing to do. Um, but my biggest concern, honestly, w- was traveling with it um i this is a brand new fursuit i got it back in february um i had commissioned it in april of 2021 i had received it february 2022 and i was like i don't know how to travel with a fursuit suit i've never done so before um so that was like my biggest concern i was like how am i going to do this um, so at first I was like, maybe I'll just like attend the rally and leave Apollo here. But, um, Alydia, the person that went with me to Seattle and is actually in the, the headline photo for the article, um, her and one of my roommates actually were like, dude, you can't pass up this opportunity. Like. I know that traveling with it's going to be a little bit difficult, but I like, they both urged me to like reconsider and be like, this is something that we think you should do because we think it would be really cool and, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, okay. So I started like thinking about the logistics of it because I was like trying to pack and everything. I was like, where am I going to put everything? Uh, so what ended up happening was I only took the arms and the gloves, um, and obviously the head, and I left both like the the shoes and the tail at home, um, because I just I couldn't find space for them or anything. I was just like, I really don't need either of those things, mm-hmm. um. So I put the arm sleeves and the gloves in my suitcase and then I wrapped Apollo up in a blanket, basically, and just hauled him around the airport, like on the plane and everything. I was nervous the entire time because I was like, if I damage this, I'm going to be so upset.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And just walking like I wouldn't want to check it. Like, that seems risky. Mm, yeah, Apparently, I was. Like, the only option, but, like, mm-hmm. God, what a thing to haul around. Yeah, so
2: <laughs> it was it was my carry-on. Um,
1: yeah. Forget, like, clothes and underwear and stuff. Like, just socks. Fuck it. Just the yep. other suit.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I put my suitcase in the overhead container, and I did my best to
0: <laughs> put
2: <help> him <laughs> under the chair
0: in front of me.
1: Yeah, there you go.
2: What else could you do?
0: Uh-huh. Is is Apollo close at hand at the moment?
2: Yes, actually, he's right here. This Apollo, beautiful. Uh huh. I love him to death. Uh, I smile whenever I look at him.
1: And Patrick did that suit, right?
2: Uh, Patrick suits, yes.
1: Yeah, nice. You
2: can find them on Twitter for anybody who's yep.
1: curious. Shout out, Patrick. Um, yeah. So, what was kind of like going through your head when you were? doing the rally in mm-hmm. as Apollo, like you, you had not spoken to a crowd this size before, I assume mm-hmm. um, no. as Michael or Apollo or anything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, Nothing at all, honestly.
1: Yeah. So what was that I, kind um, of like to, to address a crowd like that and kind of speak up for something that was super important to you? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I, I had been kind of like gaining confidence like uh, the past two days before the rally uh, just because I was so proud of what I was doing and so proud of, what like all of us were doing um, it was such an incredible feeling. And uh, we had a smaller meeting on, I think that Wednesday was, was it Wednesday or is it Thursday? I think it was Thursday um, with the people that had been flown out. And we had invited a bunch of, like, current Starbucks employees in the Seattle area uh, to come to this meeting. Uh, And we were basically all given a chance to speak. We didn't have to if we didn't want to. And at first, I wasn't going to uh, because I know how anxious I get and how I trip over my words a lot. Um but the more people that spoke, the more I wanted to do it. And so I got up and I, I spoke to this smaller group of Starbucks and ex Starbucks workers. Um about about what uh excuse me. It was basically the same message that I said in my speech at the rally. Um in that, you know, you're Your store, your company, never too small, never too large to try to unionize. And that was like my first taste of public speaking ever. And I was like, I think I did pretty good. And I feel really good about it. And uh, they wanted us to speak at the rally. Uh, We were all given around five minutes of time um in, in our respective groups and i was grouped up with um a girl named hannah from i believe michigan and alidia the partner from my store and while we were talking about what we wanted to say uh the other two had basically uh decided that they wanted to say their piece in, like, um, how Starbucks treated them and what led to them being fired. That, But then they wanted me to, like, go ahead and uh, talk about what I had said in the meeting. Uh, so I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> and so the day of the rally came and I was attending in fursuit and we were just kind of mulling around before the rally started. And I just felt so good. Like, like I said in the article, like, I had more confidence than I ever thought possible for me to have. And when it was our turn to speak, I wasn't nervous at all. Like, such a strange feeling for me to not be nervous. But I went up and I didn't trip over my words. I didn't stutter. And I said my piece and felt good about it. And it was such an awesome feeling.
1: Yeah. I mean, you seem very, like, you seem so confident in that, in the video clip, um, mm-hmm. which is the article, if people want to see it. Um, but, yeah, it was just, like, very powerful what you said and, like, talking about, I mean, you said this um, to me for the article also, but just, like, talking about how this is about the movement and how everyone is kind of part of this larger thing. Yeah. You can be yourself in that. Yeah. In that space as well. Like you can show up as you, um, but we're all in this together. Exactly. That's how we're going to get shit done. Um, And I think
2: that's ultimately like what's going to bring us as a movement type together. If we can all set aside our differences while acknowledging them, uh, I think that it'll bring us like closer together than before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, um, that's exactly nailing it. Um, I'm going to kind of um, pause for chat questions. Cause I think we have a few, some okay. of them on the topic of labor and some not. Um, <laughs> Matt, do you want to read
2: them? I'm reading chat as well. Hello, everybody. <laughs>
1: I can't see chat because if I open another screen, my computer will explode. But
2: yeah. <laughs> I've got two screens, so I kind of have it easy.
0: <laughs> All right, if, yeah. yeah. If you've got questions, now is the Q and A period. To, time to jump in. I think the first one that we had was uh, why why an Arctic wolf for Apollo.
2: Um, I just honestly I started conceptualizing Apollo in like freshman year of high school. Um. And at that time, I knew I wanted him to be a wolf, just because I loved wolves so much. And I wish I could say it was more deep than that, but it's not. I just really like wolves.
1: I think that's probably most people's, like, persona origin story, is I just really (laughs) (laughs) like... I don't know. Some
2: people kind of try to pick, like, an animal that, like, matches their personality. Um, and like, I totally get that as well. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of what went with what I liked.
0: All right. This one comes from, uh, Ketrex. Do you, did you think this would become such a big deal?
2: No, I knew it would garner some attention. Um, because that was ultimately the goal. Uh, even for the first strike, it was to turn heads and uh get people to look at us basically um but i never really imagined that it would become this big and you know i certainly didn't think i'd have an entire article written about me that that's for sure um but since then i made a tiktok explaining uh why I wore Apollo to the rally and that garnered me over I think 1200 followers on TikTok when I had maybe 150 before uh and then after the initial like rally on Twitter um it, it, like um the, uh, the video of me speaking circulated a little bit and it got me around 200 followers and then the article came out literally 8am yesterday and by the end of the day I had like 1400 followers and I was like what is going on <laughs> so that's awesome it's been wild <laughs>
0: got another one from Jonathan Vare. Uh, what furry cons are you going to for the rest of the year? And would you be interested in doing some talks about organizing? Uh,
2: absolutely. I'd be interested in doing to- uh, talks about organizing. Um, if it's okay, I'd like to bring some of my friends along as, uh, as well um, to kind of, you know, because they've all experienced it with me. So, um, but as for conventions, uh, as you may know, uh, money has been a little bit hard for me right now. (laughs) So I cannot do, uh, like any conventions this year, except for hopefully Midwest fur fest, uh, in December. Um, and I'm trying to save up for it, but it's not a definite right now.
0: All right. We've got another one from Poca Thomas. I hope I'm saying that name, right? I may be incorrect and I'm, I apologize. Um, how have your coworkers union friends reacted to you rallying in the fursuit? And can we draw you stuff?
2: Um, first of all, absolutely. You can draw stuff. You do not have to. Uh, I don't see myself as some sort of hero i I'm simply a dude who wore a costume to a large gathering uh but if you would like to then absolutely go ahead um As for my coworkers and like the union friends uh they all knew that I was a furry like long before uh the strike and I worked with like the most amazing group of people that I've ever met in my entire life. And all of them were really cool about it. Um, and most of them, uh, when I started talking about maybe wearing Apollo to the strike, most, if not all of them e- encouraged me to do so. So,
0: So everyone's been great is what it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just nice words from Catrex here. I want to share, if I may say this is hands down, one of the best things to get famous for showing courage and fighting for a good cause. And black Corvo says you are a comrade.
2: (laughs) Well, absolutely. I'm a comrade. Um, again, I don't know about famous, uh, I think going viral semi viral once is not the same as being famous um I know that people may reckon recognize me uh in suit at a convention now, which is really cool um but i mean i other than that I'd have to agree um being uh, viral for. You know, standing up for workers' rights is probably one of the best things that I I could have done, honestly.
1: Yeah, and it's gotten, I mean, this has all gotten results as of, like, this week. Um, Mm -hmm. The, yesterday, I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, yesterday, I think, the news broke that the National Labor Review Board charged Starbucks with illegal union busting in Kansas Mm -hmm. City at your store. Yes, Uh uh-huh. which is great. That's great news. Um, you know, it's, it shows that they were actually, there was wrongdoing there. Um, yes. so what was kind of your like response to that charge? Like what was your reaction when you saw that news? Um, I know you've been trying, you were hoping to get your old job back. Um, yes. but yeah, what was kind of your takeaway from that news?
2: So in the, the media storm, that was my Twitter yesterday. I actually missed it at first. And then I got a call from Lydia um, saying that, you know, she had something to tell us. And I was like, okay. So I joined a call with her. Um, and it, she basically broke the news to me. It, and, she, oh, I'm sorry. She said that when she had read, like the official like paper from the NLRB uh she had cried tears of uh tears of joy um and th- that it was like the, the biggest breath of relief like relief since this whole thing started um so i'm very very excited um the the official letter states that it it wants uh me like myself lydia maddie who was another partner that got fired uh after me and another partner who was basically pushed out of the store um to be reinstated uh and get the the months of back pay that we deserve um, for you know uh, not being able to come to work.
1: Yeah, it's that's just so great. Like that's a, mm-hmm. It's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, it's a really great moment. Um, so, congratulations! I mean, you did that. Thank so. you. You and your coworkers did that.
2: I, it's it's unbelievable and. <laughs> A little cherry on top. It, al- it also mentions that it wants uh, Starbucks to issue issue formal apology letters to each of us. And if that goes through and I get a formal apology letter, I am 100% framing that shit. <laughs> like, it'll be the best conversation starter ever. Like, I'll be like, hey, did you hear about the time Starbucks apologized to me? Like, yeah. imagine the flex, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, chat, I think that's probably a good time to cut it. I'm going to uh, play our outro music there. Thank you, everyone. I, I do want to read this one last message uh, from Poca Thomas again. So, seconding the sentiment of more furries taking action, the fandom tends to be very escapist, but it does have the power to change things when there's care. I Absolutely. Think that's a really great message to end on. Apollo, Sam, thank you both so much for coming on and walking us through this amazing story. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's wonderful. All right, Cyber Listeners, we will be back, as always. Uh, we'll be back on the Twitch stream. Like and subscribe. Follow us. Get notified when we come back on. Uh, and this will be available as a podcast soon. Thank you, everybody. Solidarity. Yes. Solidarity.
2: Bye, you need to be strong.